actually, in Romans chapter 10. I know we're in 2 Timothy normally, but um, since Pasco is part of like our outreach, you know, as a church, I want to talk about that today, talk about outreach. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 10 today, Romans chapter 10. And uh, the first time I went on, a, uh, went on and led a missions trip was 10 years ago. And uh, it was funny because my, I never led, I never went on a mission trip, nor nor did I ever lead one ever. And it was to Peru. Um, and I was asked my pastor, my senior pastor, like, so like, what do I do, man? Like, I've never, I've never done this. He's like, I don't know, you'll figure it out. That's what he told me. I was like, wow, okay. And so I did. By the third year, I had it down. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the first time we went, a group of ten of us flew from LAX to Lima, Peru. And we drove a couple, a few hours south uh, to Pisco, Peru. My friend, Pastor Marker, leads a church there. And uh, he started the church after 2007, a huge earthquake. And this earthquake was an 8.0, 519 people died, 1,366 were injured, 58,581 uh, homes were destroyed in 12 cities. It was huge. The aftershock was 5.8. Uh, but the need was great in Peru after that, and Pastor Marco was called to take the gospel to the place that he grew up. And so this particular mission trip, it seriously affected my life. For um, We flew out, and we're just, I flew out of the American bubble. You know what I mean? Like we're so used to just our little world here. Um, but when we arrived at Calvary Chapel Pisco, the kids immediately ran to us smiling. We'd never been there. We didn't know. They, like, they just came and they started hugging us and they were so happy. Never saw such joy in my life. There's just so much love towards us. But later I learned that they craved love because they were totally neglected at home. For the most part, generally, the parents would just kick them out. Like seven, eight-year-old kids to take care of like a one or two-year-old baby, they kick them out of the home like all day. They had to fend for themselves. There was no love at home. But while we were there, we visited houses where people were sick and needed prayer. One, one baby was healed while we were there. We, were, we went to a few different, like, schools. We met all the students in the courtyard, and they put on, like, a play, you know, just to, and then we preached the gospel. It was just awesome. It was a powerful time. We had a VBS for the kids, you know. But when it was time to leave, all the kids, all the adults were crying. We were crying our eyes. Out. Everyone was just sobbing like it was the end of the world. Because in that week, we just got so attached to them. And they didn't want us to leave. We didn't want to leave. But the best thing that we could do, realizing later, is, is, is give them and leave them Jesus. Right? Like, here's, here's Jesus. We're, we're not your saviors. We're just here to tell you about the Savior. Like John the Baptist, right? It's not about me. Uh, it's about the Messiah, right? And it was difficult. But here's what I was thinking as I was putting this message together. I was thinking, there are the same needs in our state. You know, in our, in, in our city, right here where we are presently. There are needs right here. And Acts 1-8, let me, let me read Acts 1-8 really quick to you guys. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I love that. We are to be witnesses. We're in Jerusalem, our hometown. Judea, farther out. Samaria, even places that other people see as off limits and to the ends of the earth, outside of where we reside. See, mission starts where we are now. 
And the verses that lead up to the verses we are looking at today, they outline what it looks like to be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 11 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So we do not gain God's righteousness by all the great stuff that we do. Instead, we gain it by confessing and believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so confession here is really the idea of agreeing with, right? It's, it's when a person agrees with what God has, says, what has said about Jesus. And so that, that his work on the cross is the only way of salvation for all of mankind. Sin, you know, sincere words and an inward faith will lead a person to verse 13. And that's where we're going to start this morning. So let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for this time, Lord, to gather together in your name. We do, we do pray, Lord, that your word, even as it's the source of strength, Lord, as it, it's the truth that we rest upon, it's the blueprint that we live by, Lord. It's the manual that we go to to find out what you want us to do, Lord. We just pray that you would reveal what you want to reveal to us as a church this morning and individually. In Jesus' name, amen. So verse 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's pretty emphatic, huh? <laughs> for, for whoever shall call upon the Lord. There's salvation in no other. And so anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Yes. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there's a movement actually that I love. It's called the Whosoever's. I don't know uh, if you guys know of them or not, but it's kind of based out of California, but they go all over the United States and even different countries and stuff. And, but the guy who started it, his dad is a Catholic chapel pastor. He's got long hair. You know, he's got, he's got tattoos. He looks like a punk, you know, and he's, you know, it's just how he looks, right? He, uh, but now the Whosoever's, they tour around. They, they put on a concert with loud music. You know, many people in here would be like, oh, my gosh, stop it, please. Like, it's, like, loud and it's very, you know. But the thing is, after that, they preach the gospel. Many people get saved. It, it's just like this huge move of God where all these other fellow punks come that don't believe, and they hear this loud music, and they're drawn in. They're like, yeah, they mosh or whatever. You know, they run around and go crazy. But then afterwards, it's like, here's the gospel. And many of them get saved, and they have new life. And they're named the whosoever. It comes from John 3:16. Whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. And if you think about Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, right? So we are all on mission in this life to share the good news. I'm, I'm thankful the gospel doesn't mean bad news. It means it's definitely defined as good news. So how are we to get the gospel out to the world? By preaching in a building? No. By hoping someone else shares? Oh, they'll do it. No. By hoping someone will hear the truth from somewhere else? No, like, like Paul in verses 13 to 18, he talks about the necessity to preach the gospel. Everyone, all of us, right? Yes, amen. Verse 14 and 15 says this, Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, 
How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So here we have the basis for missionary activity by the people of God, the church, us. Having received, heard, and known the grace of God through Christ, we are now commissioned to let people, let the world know. right? And it's not hearing the enticing words of man's wisdom that saves people. Right? This person is so wise, you will get saved by them. They're just brilliant. No, hearing the word of God is what leads to salvation. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave the great commission, right? Not the great suggestion, you know, the the great omission. No, the great commission, right, to all believers. Like, we're all called to get out there and tell the truth. Now, I don't want, I don't mean to um, get in people's, I'm not going to get in people's faces and attempt to argue them into the kingdom. I'm not going to overstay my welcome. I'm not going to be a Bible thumper, you know, but. I believe one of the best ways to share the gospel is in the context of serving, of serving the Lord out there in the community. For we're all called to serve the Lord, to reach out to others. We're all called to be the church when the service ends. The work that we're called to do happens outside of these walls. Now, the Lord could have charged and commissioned angels to share the good news, right, with the world. But see, God chose his kids to be the truth tellers. We're to be the truth tellers, which is not a burden. It's a blessing. (laughs) And who are they in verse 14? They, those who have not heard the good news. And I bet bet you remember, many of you remember when someone or maybe a few people shared with you. Maybe it was a preacher. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a family member. Even a person you didn't even know. You're like, this stranger came up and just told me the gospel. Like, who are you? You know, they just came up and they told you. Aren't you glad they were bold enough to share with you? What if they're like, you know what, though? My list is too long. Maybe I'll see them next week. Maybe you won't. might be the only time. I, you know, I've told the story before, but there were a few different people that shared the gospel with me that got me thinking how empty my life was and how I needed the Lord. One was a random uh, Latino dude who I called because my cars, my, my locks on my car weren't working. So I just called this guy to fix them. So he was fixing them. He's like, you know Jesus? I was like, no. And then he shared the gospel. I even said the prayer because I, I, he was such a nice guy. Like, I, I wasn't sincere at the time, but I was like, he's so nice. Like, I'm going to repeat whatever you say. Okay. And I actually, I actually said the prayer. I wasn't saved because I wasn't sincere. I was just, but he was so nice and so loving and so kind. And I was like, wow. Another one was my dad. He took me to a Calvary Chapel before I believed. And I was like, is this church? Like, people were wearing shorts and Hawaiian shirts and, like, Birkenstocks. And, and I'm like, this is, wow, this feels like my family, you know. It was, it was awesome. One, another one was my friend Casey McCracken. And he, uh, man, he, I, we grew up since, like, preschool together. We went to, I think we went to, like, a Christian camp once when we were little. But um, he had been saved. And uh, I went to visit him. And he was, he was like, you want to go to a hangout? And I was like, sure. And we went to this hangout with these, you know, weird people. And uh, that were, they were in a circle. I'm like, what is this? Like, <laughs> it's like a like weird seance. Like, well, I don't know. I, there was a circle of chairs and a bunch of people that were very friendly. And, um, and then we started a Bible study. And I'm like, looked at, I'm looked at my friend Casey. I'm like, dude, like you tricked me. He tricked me into going to, this wasn't a hangout. This was a Bible study. But he, he failed to mention that. And all the way to that Bible study, he was talking about Jesus Christ. And I didn't even ask him. I wasn't like, hey, what about Jesus? I I was just like, why is he telling me all this, you know? But, but God had a plan. I'm so glad there's those people in my life that shared 
and weren't just and didn't cower away. You know, they took that opportunity to share with me. Even I know many of them felt weird and uncomfortable and out of their comfort zone, but that didn't stop them from from sharing with me. And I'm so blessed by that because it led to me searching, it led to me being saved. Now, I don't want to give the impression that the needs of people in other countries either is small. I know many missionaries who are in other countries doing great works. You know, we went to um, Uganda. A couple of people here went to Uganda, and we we got electricity for 60 houses. It was pretty awesome and did a lot of stuff in other countries. But I also don't want to disregard the fact that there's no limit when it comes to missions locationally. Like, this whole world is a mission field. Like, our, our, our mission statement as a church is no, grow, go. Know Jesus, grow in the faith, and then go out and share the gospel. And so as believers, our, our, our last step is someone's first step towards the Lord. Go out. Share the gospel, you know. The Great Commission is a mission to share the gospel of peace. You know, it's, it's a gospel of peace because accepting the gospel reconciles man with God. Right? We get to connect with our creator, actually. And one of the goals of people in this world is to have peace in this life, is to be happy, right? And this is how to have peace in this life, walking with Jesus. I, I love John 14, 27 is one of those, like, life verses that God gave me years ago that I always go back to when my heart's in turmoil, when I feel unsettled. I'm like, wait a second, what did you say, Jesus? John 14, 27 says, peace, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so in Jesus we have peace. And it's like how beautiful, he says, how beautiful the feet. Okay, so Mary Magdalene, remember, she expressed her love to Christ by kissing his feet and after by holding him by his feet. When Christ was sending forth his disciples, he washed their feet. Those that preach the gospel of peace should see to it that their feet, meaning their life and conversation, be beautiful. See, we are to be lights to those in darkness. We get to, we have the privilege of reflecting Jesus. And then in verse 16, he goes on and says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? See, the gospel is given to be known, believed, and obeyed, right? The gospel is not just a cluster of ideas. It is a rule of, of practice, right? Many have heard the gospel. They even believe it. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, the gospel, that's great. Yet they continue to live in disobedience to the Lord. They heard it and even believe it, but they're not walking it. They didn't accept it. This fact should spurn us on to have a heart for the lost and really a passion to share with the unsaved. I would say don't hate people but have a heart for people god has a heart for those people that are that you that we see sometimes as difficult they're so difficult god has a heart for them he wants them to be saved sorry lord i want i want a heart for the lost just like you this the scriptures you know the scriptures have actually prepared believers to expect that many will not obey god's word or the word of faith but the fact that many will not obey should not stop us from praying for them from reaching out to them to going to the highways and byways, wherever God leads us in order to share the gospel. And so in verse 17, he says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even though, you know, Israel heard the word, they did not exercise saving faith in Christ, making them the more responsible even. So hearing is a reflection 
of first century life, hearing. See, there were people who could read, but the normal ordinary citizen actually depended more on being able to hear something than to read something. So verse 17 is kind of a summary of verse 14. So the beginning or the progress and strength of faith are by hearing. The word of God is therefore called the word of faith. You know, God gives faith but uses his word as an instrument of faith. And I, lo- I love reading. I love reading. So when, when someone gave me a Bible as an unbeliever, I thought, well, you know what, I'll read a little bit of it. You know, and so I, I started in Matthew, and the scriptures were, they were the way I got, God got my attention. I wasn't even saved reading the, reading the Bible. You know, it was like, it was like an NIV bi- uh, study Bible, and it was huge, and I was like, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> like I'll try, I, don't, I wasn't a believer. I just, I started reading it. God got my attention. Along with those who shared the truth with me, God was getting my atten- attention. There's more. There's some way to be actually filled and satisfied and have peace and, lo- and real love. Man, it just keeps, this is too good to be true, but it was true. And I, the more I read, the more I believed it. And I got saved. So I, w- I was saved in 2003, and the scriptures have been, from then till now, my source of strength. Because it's through the word that we're established in the faith and grounded in the gospel. Because sometimes we forget, right? Jesus had to remind the disciples all the time because they, they could tend to be knuckleheads. You know, <laughs> he, said, he had to say things over and over again. Cause, and sometimes we forget. And that's one of the reasons we gather together to remember and realize what life is about. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's about the scriptures and the gospel. And so it's, it's a blessing to know God, but it's even more of a blessing to make him known. Right? Like we're not trying to magnify ourselves. We're trying to reflect the Lord's light to others. Like, look up, then look out. Look at him first and let people know about him. It's a blessing. And we do this, I, I believe, through service. At last verse, guys, verse 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. So the Gentiles had either heard the gospel or heard of the gospel. Right? They had made it known. Because the disciples, they, they heeded the words of Jesus before his ascension, go, which he said, go into all the world, preach to every creature, making disciples of all nations. So when the people of God obey the word of God, the gospel will go out. Right? It doesn't stop with us. It, it, we're not to be selfish with the truth, but take it in and then give it out. One minister said this. He said, we must not be content to just sit around pointing out the errors in others. We actually need to be sharing the gospel and praying for people to be converted. When we make life about us, we won't get out and share because it will seem inconvenient. You know, God's plan to further his kingdom involves you and me, his children, us. Right. And, and, and it's, it's simple. One person telling another person about the Savior. Let me tell you, it literally will take less than a minute to share the gospel with someone. You drive by gospel sharing. Just drive by and shout out the window, whatever. It, just, it doesn't take that. It's, it's so easy a child can understand it. One, uh, you know, I, I knew a kid that at four years old, he, he got saved. You know, it's like he understood it. And he's like, I, I accept that. I'm watching him now. <laughs> we are all on mission to share the Great Commission right where we are. We're all called to reach out. And it may be uncomfortable. It probably will oftentimes. It may be inconvenient. It definitely will. When the the Holy Spirit says, share with that person at the store, and you're like, but I have to get all these things on my list, and then I have a meeting, and then I have to do this, and that. Share with that person. Okay. Okay, Lord. (laughs) 
And when you do, guess what? It's going to be a huge blessing. And they might totally reject it, but guess what you did? You planted a seed that will hopefully prayerfully come to fruition later. And so it, it may be inconvenient. It may be uncomfortable. It may be difficult. But I believe the Lord desires to grow our faith. And he often grows our faith through being open and flexible to his leading. If we're so set in our ways, if you will, then we're not going to have room or time to do the work of the Lord to further his kingdom. If we're like, you know what, sorry, God, I can't fit you into my schedule. Like, doesn't that sound ridiculous? No, it'd be, you can have your list, you can have your plans, but ultimately it's God's plan, it's God's will that matters. <laughs> Even if it means changing your plans. I know as Americans, we're like, no, I can't change my plan. No, uh-uh, this is it, this is what I'm doing, right? Even if it means changing your plans, canceling an appointment, staying in a conversation longer than you want because the person wants to know about the Lord, stay there. Their, their salvation, their soul depends on it. It often seems inconvenient following God's prompting, promptings because we just, you know, we want to do what we want to do. We must learn to get in the habit of doing what God wants us to do as far as being on mission for him. It's about his plans, his ways. And one of my favorite groups of scriptures is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, which God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Verse 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. I shall, it shall not return to me void, but it shall what? accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And like Isaiah said, remember, send me. God was looking for someone who was just willing. He wasn't like, who's perfect here? Who's, who, who's like eight foot that looks like a leader, right? No, God chose David, the little guy that went to bring his big brother's lunch. Like, and, and they're like, who's this little guy? He's like, I can do this. I can fight. I got the Lord. And he had victory. <laughs> he doesn't look at the outward, right? God looks at the heart. I love what Isaiah said, though. He's just willing. Lord, I'm willing. Just do it. Send me. He didn't even know all the details, but he's like, send me. I got it. I mean, a willing heart can be such a, an impa impact for eternity. You can further God's kingdom just by saying, Lord, I'm not perfect. I, like we looked at last week, I'm just a vessel and a servant, but God, you can fill me and you can send me out and you can use me for your glory. It's in serving that we really can share the gospel. We are on mission. What a blessing and what a privilege. God gives us truth, and we simply relay the truth. Like a baton, you ever race in high school, or, you know, you have that baton, you, you pass it on. You don't keep it to yourself and go, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm you're not going to win. <laughs> if you try to say, I'm hoarding this baton, this is mine, it's so nice and shiny. No, you take it, and you run, and you hand it off. You know, you, you hand off the truth to others. Someone wasn't timid to share with you. Don't be timid to share with someone. The Holy Spirit can empower you, and you use your boldness, that power, love, and sound mind. You know, God will equip you in every way to share the gospel in many different ways. There's one truth, you know, there's, there's many different methods, but it's the same message. And that, that we plant, we water, and that's it. Like we plant, we water, and God gives the increase. It takes the pressure off because like we shared it, now it's up to God. And so God reaches into our hearts and we reach out to the world. And by world, I mean the place where we are right now, in the home with our family, with our spouse, right, with the people at work, with the people who we encounter every day on a regular basis. We have such opportunity. And so 
Let's pray. Let's pray that, God, as we see those opportunities, because I know you guys, we, like, we've, we've been given opportunities at moments, and I know I'm speaking for all of us, but let me just say most of us, we fail sometimes. We we're prompted by the Spirit, and we're like, I just can't, you know, and we start to think too much, and it's like, no, we just, God's leading. I just need to go out, and I just need to say what he wants me to say. I, I remember one time a pastor, I know a friend, he, you know, um, they were at the beach, right, and uh, my pastor friend was there, and he heard this, this lady just crying out, why, God, why? And she was, like, crying and bawling, having such a difficult time. And, and God had told my pastor friend, like, tell her about Jesus. And he, he would tell the story, like, every so often, you know, because he was a pastor for, like, 20-something years, and he still remembered it. But he's like, man, t- the Spirit prompted me, but I ignored it. And I just, I just walked away. And so it's like we don't want to miss – now – don't be condemned. <laughs> God's a forgiver. God forgave him for that. God probably sent someone else. I'm just saying, like, we don't want to miss from here on out. We don't want to miss those opportunities to share the gospel with the people that need it because this world needs it. The world right outside these doors. Calvary, you know, Mobile, right? All the surrounding cities. So many need hope, and we have the hope that leads to eternal life. And we get to relay that to people. What a blessing. Well, let's pray, you guys. And then they're going to bless us with a couple more songs here, and we'll worship together. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We just thank you for this time to gather together. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you give us boldness. Lord, that you would help us to be strong and courageous, Lord, in your name to, to share you, Lord, to reflect you to those around us, Lord. Maybe there's a family member we know who we even gave up on, that we lost hope that the gospel can't transform, but Lord, your word can transform any heart, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that those people who are lost, that we would not stop praying for them, not 